Hello, Move Nation, and welcome to another episode of United We Move podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Beckner, and today my guest is Blair Meeks. Blair has been a member since November of 2013, so going on seven years now, and he is a frequent attendee of the morning crew, so formerly 5.30 a.m., currently 6 a.m. class. And if you've ever met Blair, you know he just has a great energy, a great work ethic, he's fun to be around. He's a good motivator, so we love having him in the morning class. We, of course, talk about how Blair got started seven years ago and uh, what he was doing before for exercise and what exercise and fitness meant to him and currently mean to him. We talk about his time as a boxer before he joined the gym. He is the undefeated, undisputed champion. That is a great story. And we talk about uh, his career. So he spent 20 years as a reporter. He has a journalism background. And he tells some great stories during that time and how he transitioned to a new career where he helps large organizations and institutions manage their public perception and their internal and external communications. I would like to say we had a little bit of trouble with the internet connection. And of course, this is a Zoom interview. So please bear with us as the connection kind of goes in and out. Regardless, this was still a great conversation. And I really appreciate Blair taking the time out to talk with me. So please give it a listen and please enjoy. I was looking through your Zen Planner profile we have on you. And I uh, noticed that you joined the gym back in November of 2013. I mean, that's quite a long time, almost seven years. And I'm curious, you know, what it was like for you starting up back then. Well, for me, it was an all new experience. I'd never been a weightlifter at all. I mean, I toyed around with it a little bit, but never seriously. And so everything about it was new, um, especially all the, I mean, I've done pull-ups before, but all the aspects of weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting, all those kinds of things were completely new. So it was uh, a very uh, enlightening experience. And I really liked the educational aspect of learning the different movements and the proper way to do them. And, you know, I'd, I'd known a little bit about what the gym was about and what its mission was related to functional fitness uh, but never sort of read too much into what that made, what went into that, you know, the three different aspects of cardio, um, gymnastics, and weightlifting, you know. So it was it was a completely new. So what were you doing before that? Because I would remember seeing you uh, during warm-ups, doing some shadow boxing and stuff like that. So I figured you were, you know, some sort of welterweight or something. Uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I I uh, so part you know I I'd say probably twenty more more years ago well no not not quite that long ago almost so um, I sort of made a commitment to making fitness part of my part of my life and I've just gone through different phases you know there was a running phase and I did a triathlon and you know um, half marathon that's plenty of running by the way half yeah. is, is <laughs> all I'd ever that's fine. I'm not going to do a marathon. And, and then I went in, I, I find, found this gym in Decatur, Decatur Boxing Club. And I, I was doing a news story about um, a new NBC show. And I met the trainer there and he was like, Hey, you know, you want to, you ought to come out sometime and, and work out. And 
I was just intrigued. I've never really been into a lot of the combat sports stuff, but boxing is, has always been a little bit of a passion of mine watching. And so I, um, went in there, tried it out. And again, it was a totally new experience there. I've never been in anything like it. And it was, um, just the, of the learning aspect was fascinating and the way they trained was, was awesome. And, you know, when you're in the gym for a little while doing all this training, 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 punching bag, punching bag, um, punching bags, you eventually want to try it out in the ring. So I did actually two sort of, um, uh, not truly amateur fights, but exhibition bouts against uh-huh. opponents that I did not know, which was, uh, a very scary endeavor. Uh, yeah. um, um, but it was real short thing, three, three, two minute rounds. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was a bit terrifying, but it was, it was very enlivening. That's for sure. Um, yeah. One in, one in particular was, was weird because I didn't know the guy at all. He was coming in from South Carolina into our gym. Uh, never seen him before or never, you know, and, um, it was just a funny situation. You don't, you know, your sort of heart jumps up into your throat. It's beating really hard. And the guy walks into the gym. He's probably, he outweighs me by a good 40 or 50 pounds, but he's a little <laughs> bit overweight. So, but he leans in, you know, I'm trying to butter him up a little bit, trying to make him be nice to me or whatever. So I kind of go over, Hey, how's it going? Um, what's your name? And he said, people just call me chainsaw. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Oh, okay, great. I'm going to jump in the ring with this guy. Good, good, nice. good. Um, it ended up being okay. Cause I just, in that sport, if you can't move, you don't have much option. So I was, I could move a lot better than him. And it, it, it ended up being so. My 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 total boxing career of two exhibition fights. I'm two and zero. Oh, I'm undefeated. <laughs> awesome. In those uh, instances, were you guys wearing headgear and all that stuff, or? Yeah, headgear and um, waist belts and um, bigger, puffier gloves. Just heavier gloves. Um, when you've got more padding around the glove, you can do less damage. So I think usually you know, a boxer might use in a fight 14 ounce and we were like using 24 ounce. Uh-huh. So imagine 24 ounces on each hand, you know, right. it slows you down quite a bit and there's <laughs> a lot of cushion. So yeah. you can still, you know, get your bell rung. That's for sure. Sure. But it's, it's uh, less likely to do a tremendous damage. Now, uh, were you married at the time? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was a conversation. Um, <laughs> and, uh, there was a lot of concern there. Um, so, but, but, you know, we, we, we dealt with that. It was all good. She was supportive and, uh-huh. uh, was glad when it was over. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you were doing the boxing and you wanted to get into the ring. Well, what led you to decide to join the gym versus doing boxing? So I look, I like the boxing. It was great. I mean, it's, it's a tremendous amount of cardio, lots of, but it's interval training in a way, you know, it's based on three minute rounds and a lot of things you do are three minutes at a time with a one minute break. Um, some other things you do, but not a ton, but like with weights, you, you yeah. might work out with a heavy, uh, a medicine ball and you do uh, some squats and things like that, but not with, with heavy weights and the more i read about fitness um i just come to it came to know that weight lifting was hugely important uh, for fitness especially as you get older and uh, since i'd never really done it um 
and it's interesting. I sort of stuck with the boxing thing. So I thought, well, maybe, you know, at this stage of my life, I'm, I'm a little more able to commit to things. So let me try some weightlifting a little bit. And I tried to train her for a little while and just that, that wasn't really my thing. Um, and that's when I sort of read about and stumbled across what used to be East Decatur, um, uh, CrossFit, but what is now move functional fitness. And, you know, it just fit a lot of the things that I wanted to do. I, I knew that weightlifting or came to know that weightlifting was very, very important and for overall health. And, um, it does a lot of things for your mind and body and, you know, and w the way you guys pair it with the stretching and the gymnastics. And so it's not just in there pumping iron, you know, um, right. it just it fit a lot of the things I was looking for. So when you joined back in 2013, did you have any idea of what those CrossFit workouts would look like? No, no, mm -hmm. I had no, well, I guess you get a general sense from seeing the show, seeing the CrossFit games. <laughs> right. How is it different than that though? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, you see, I guess you just, when you see the games, you saw, you'd see movements strung together. Um, you know, uh, that is a very, you know, idealistic, you know, sort of, um, superhuman aspect of, of the workout, I guess. Right. But you see kind of how things are built and, and that it's different aspects. Um, but the intensity of the workouts are, are definitely the same. And, and even if you can't lift as much weight, you know, the workouts are just as intense for somebody that lifts, you know, 15 pounds as 150, you know, if, it, right. if that's what they're working out with. So that, that's, I knew a little bit about it from the games and I knew that there were different, different aspects, but it was high intensity, um, built with a lot of interval stuff. I didn't know much about the gymnastics or, or how much, uh, aerobic stuff you guys did. Yeah. Um, but that was my learning about that. Do you remember what your onboarding or your fundamentals looked like back then? Yeah, I do. I mean, it was sort of very prescribed, I'd say, and, and going through the numbered movements and making sure you went through one, two, three, um, you know, starting position, two, three, four. I mean, it was very, very structured. And even after going for a while and having done that several times, you know, every time we started a, a, a movement, we would go through those same principles and, um, you know, it was great because that rep I needed that repetition. You know, it was mm -hmm. it's amazing. You think it'd be fairly simple, but man, the learning to take what is coached and internalizing it and then putting it together with what your body is doing while it's manipulating a heavy object, you know, that it takes a lot. You yeah. know, I pick up things fairly quickly, but it takes a while. It's very sophisticated to get the nuances right. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you're, uh, your body doesn't always want to do what your mind tells you, as I'm sure you know from boxing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Your mind wants to tell you to get out of there. Um, right. Uh, actually, yes, absolutely. And it's a it's sort of, it's, it's thinking through things. And then, um, and then it's also adding a little bit of speed there because we do think, you know, you do things for time and you're, right. and you're pushing yourself. So it's, it's learning. I had to learn a lot about, you know, letting loose, letting go of my ego a little bit um, 
and understanding um, where my limitations were so I wouldn't push too hard until I'd gotten the fundamentals right. And so there's a lot of balancing. It's interesting, same kind of thing. So in boxing, it's, I always talk about one of the biggest lessons I learned there is self-control. You think yeah. boxing, you just go in there and try and tear somebody's head off. And you know, the minute you start losing that really focused control on your body movements and you, know, you, you, you extend yourself too far and try too hard, that's when you're out of balance and then you can be taken advantage of. And you, know, you can really get hurt by, by getting too into it. You, know, you have to really stay in balance, under control, really focused. And the same, same applies to CrossFit and lifting. You, know, you, have, you can't just go so, so hard that you're, you're out of control. And unless you're really, you know, the movements well, you have to kind of be mm-hmm. really focused on what you're doing to make sure you're doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the more that you do both of those, you start to learn your, you know, where your edge is and what your discomfort levels are and what that's telling your brain versus what your body's actually doing. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Other than kind of like the movement challenges of learning these new uh, ways of exercise, what other challenges did you find early on in your CrossFit career? I wasn't used to being as sore as I was after all of those uh, uh, exercises. Um, you know, um, I worked out a lot, but not to not to this level. I think I just didn't push myself in this way. So that was you know, getting used to that discomfort and going right back in the gym when you're feeling a little, well, not just a little, a lot sore um, and working through that and knowing, knowing that you can push yourself in, in, in those, in those times, that was a big learning as well. Just kind of understanding that that's what you have to go through in certain times um, and being okay with that and accepting that. And also knowing that that's, that's bringing growth as well. How do you think your experience has changed over the past seven years? You know, you've got to be somewhat more comfortable with the movements and probably know your, your own fitness levels a little bit better. But what has changed for you personally? I think early on, it was, it was just a uh, what in the world am I getting myself into kind of thing. Like, what's going to happen? How am I going to? Now you sort of understand how things work and you're able to operate a little better, you know, like when you take something on that's so fresh and new, you don't really know. It's a little bit of the unknown, um, or, or at least for me it was, because I had never really done a lot of this before. So um, I'm sort of through that, and I know what to expect, and I'm able to really focus on the things I need to do and where I need to improve and um, how I want to grow and and uh, where how and where to push myself and, and when to hold back a little bit when you know um, bigger things are coming in a workout. So it's I think um, now I can just make I can make it more useful and um, be more more productive. So I think I can make better progress um, and um, use it for the things I'm trying to achieve. Whereas before, I'm just trying to learn a whole new whole new world. Earlier, you'd mentioned that you made health and fitness uh, commitment uh, maybe 20 years ago. So why did, was that important to you then, and why is it important to you now? I, it's interesting. I don't know that there was any specific thing that was going on in my life um, or something that happened. Fitness has always been in my family, playing basketball, you know, a little bit of soccer, um, running from time to time, but it's never been something that I did 
regularly. And I think it's just a little bit about getting older um, and seeing, you know, where I was and what I was paying attention to in my life at, at the time. I was out in Arizona at the time, you know, doing hmm. the TV thing. And that's a, it's a, it's a hard lifestyle um, because it's, as I go in at, you know, one thirty and work until 1030 um, and you're driving all over the place and not able to, um, you know, I was trying to work out, but there came a time when I'm like, I, I got to get serious about this. And I don't know if there's any one particular thing that turned, turned that, turn that for me, but it was just going through this and, and not feeling, you know, probably the way I should not being really, uh, uh, as happy I could be. And, and I knew I loved the workouts and I loved doing things, snowboarding, surfing, all these kinds of stuff. And I knew if I needed to, if I wanted to continue doing that, I needed to take care of myself in a better way. So I'd still be active and, and, uh, able to do the things that I really like to do. Yeah. Um, so you were a reporter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I was reading you went to journalism school in uh, Missouri. Is that correct? That's correct. So uh, what drove you to that profession? Well, you know, it's, that's an interesting thing too. You know, I'd, I'd always, I'm always, I'm hugely curious. I think even today, you know, I've done, I've, I've had several different jobs, but I probably would always at my base think of myself as a reporter in some way. You know, a reporter, what does a reporter do? They learn information, they tell people about it. It's like, it's almost like a teacher. And if you, if you think of it the way that I do, I would find out information and then uh, make it as succinct as possible and tell people about it. It was, it was really cool. I loved the, the, my curiosity and a lot of different things, you know, drove me to that. But I was always, I never was a very good writer, which might sound strange, but I just had the patience for writing. Didn't necessarily, when I was younger, didn't realize writing, I mean, like a jump shot, you know, you do it more, you get better at it. Right. Yeah. And I would want to get things right the first time. And, you know, I'd be frustrated that what I wrote didn't really match with what. And I just and everybody told me, if you want to be a journalist, you have to love to write. And so everybody's telling me that I'm like, I don't love to write. I, I don't, <laughs> you know, at that point. So I didn't uh, think that that was for me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but then I, I took a, a, a part time at a bureau in Atlanta, the news bureau, a weird convergence of events. I talked to a guy at my church about the the profession. He said, oh, you know what? This guy on the weekend needs some help. Why don't you come in and turning that into a little job? But it, I got to see more about what news was behind the scenes. And that sort of let me know, um, sort of turned me on to the other part of things that I could, that I just thought about where I wanted to go. Missouri's got a great journalism school, good education. It was it was a good time to do that. I had a lot of fun and a lot of great people, a lot of interesting things, and uh, you know, it'll always be a, a value. So, do you have any um, interesting stories or any situations that you were in as a reporter that you can relay to us? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> many. Um, I, I think uh, lots of you know scariest moment in Arizona um, after a bad ball game of all things gotta love those ncaa battles um but with that in tucson it was um arizona was playing duke and you know you're on the 
uh, West Coast time, so everything's later. So the, a lot of students had been in these bars in downtown Tucson since noon, and the game was at like eight o'clock. So they've been drinking uh-huh. for eight hours. So you know something is going to be up, right? So we go down there to cover the game, and I can't even remember right now if Arizona won or if Duke won. But anyway, they they uh, uh, they knew the year before they'd be, there'd been some trouble down there. So they had a big police presence. Everybody was going to be great, doing good things. The uh, right. After the game was over, everybody poured out into this middle of the streets. And at that moment, all the police that had been there left to go put on riot gear. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like, if you just stayed, you might not have had this happen. But everybody leaves, and all of a sudden, the, all the guys that are out, and then they start turning over cars. Then they start breaking in, uh, bashing in storefront windows, and you know, um, things start. Then the police in their right gear start coming down the street. And we had set up our live shot um, at one, uh, about a block away from that main intersection. So as soon as the riot, all those students came running right past us. And there we are, me and the sports guy at nighttime, connected by wires to a live truck with lights pointing in our faces and (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of drunk students running past us, tripping over our wires. And a, a guy, I'm live on the air, and a guy grabs me around the shoulders, looks into the camera, says, "We're all going to hell." <laughs> um, I have to elbow him out of the way. I didn't think I was going to get hurt, but it was when people are that amped up and and you don't know what they're going to do. It's it's hard to make good decisions. So we just got out. <laughs> that was a, probably the scarier moment. A big, another big moment. I covered the um, verdict. OJ Simpson trial. I was in LA when that was read. That was pretty crazy moment. That's probably the biggest I, I was ever a part of. Um, I had another fun thing early in my career is even a um, more fun deal. I was a, what's called a, my title was the Brunswick bureau chief. Um, as I was working for WTOC in Savannah and I was the only member of that bureau. Um, and so I would shoot all my own stuff and edit all my own material. And I lived in Brunswick and I drive back and forth to Savannah every day to put my stories together. Um, but because I was like the only TV representative in town, I had, you know, people knew me and I made friends with the guy who ran mosquito control and he had the keys to the helicopter. So there was a big, um, story about a bridge they were trying to replace down there because there was, there was an accident in which some people died. Um, the, the drawbridge didn't work. It wasn't big enough for the ships that were going through there. So um, when I had to do that story, I, I called up my buddy in the mosquito control. Um, and here I am just this, I mean, 23-year-old uh, uh, journalism kid, you know. And um, I, I get him to pick me up in the helicopter, and we go shoot pictures of the bridge. We fly all, all the different angles. And um, then – I got uh, another friend of mine ran the pilot boats, which are the ones that sort of guide the ships in and out of the harbor. And I got him to get me on that same day. The pilot drops me off on a dock. I run from the dock and get on a, on a big giant ship um, that goes through the, under the new, uh, the drawbridge that's so narrow. I got to shoot pictures of that. And then giant 400 foot ship, we got through the channel they threw an 11-story ladder off the side of the ship. I had to climb down that ladder and jump onto a pilot boat to get that to get back to the shore and go put the story together. And uh, so I get back to the station. I've got helicopter footage and I've got you know shots on the ship. And everybody's like, "How how did you get all this stuff?" <laughs> 
who who'd you who'd you get this from? Like, man, I'm the Brunswick bureau chief. Are you kidding? Me? I, you know, you gotta have the contacts. Um, but it, it was funny. They they used that footage for years and years after that. But it was like that kind of fun challenges you have to you overcome, and I had the freedom to do. So it was kind of it was interesting. It led to some interesting things. But that was yeah. that was a cool story. After uh, your reporting days, you moved on into a maybe another direction. I don't know, but uh, what what is it you're currently doing, or what have you been doing for the last few years? Yeah, so from reporting, I went to a, an agency, a marketing communications agency called Jackson Spalding, and sort of took what I knew about media and how to handle media and helped businesses um, out with that, which is a a totally different view, you know, sort of the other side of the equation. So sort of, I knew a lot about what what people in the news would ask you. And then I went into helping people who are answering those questions from members of the news media and how best to answer they really want and how you can put your best foot forward in those situations and, and help companies in crisis, basically, you know, how to, how to manage those really, you know, one of their first uh, principles is we tell the truth, which is which is great. Um, you, you always hear you know PR spin and things like that, and you know it, it was refreshing to work with a company whose number one priority at all times was telling the truth, which is great. Yeah. So that fit with what I wanted to do as well. So did that for a while, and now I'm at Georgia Tech, um, helping them with external communication. So basically anything that Georgia Tech wants to communicate outside the Institute, which is, you know, a lot of media stuff and a lot of social media. And um, so, I'm, again, a, a little, some of the same skills, but a, a different, a different um, audience, I guess I'm pushing toward and a different goal. But um, it's, it's, I love it because, you know, it's certainly a product I can believe in higher education, yeah. technology, you know, I mean, it's uh, uh, a huge passion point of mine and it's great to be able to be um, helping an institution like this get its word out in the best way possible. Yeah. You know, we are a small business and during all, you know, all of 2020, I mean, we are faced with various challenges and whether it's with COVID or, or the Black Lives Matter movement or things that CrossFit HQ are saying, and, you know, we're having to navigate our image and our responses and we're just a small business so what is that stress like for you uh you know on such a large level georgia tech is obviously a huge institution and like you said your audience you know is maybe it's maybe specific to your students but it's also you know it represents a lot for the state of georgia and the region even so what is it like for you to navigate all these challenges right now yeah, it really is. It's been, it's been amazing to see that work. And I compliment you guys. I sent you a note too about how well you guys have done in communicating about things to your audiences. And that's the main thing. It's, it's like, you know, anything can seem daunting, you know, when you look at the huge picture, but then when you break it down to smaller parts and, and what you're really focused on, it becomes much more manageable and sort of um, it is a big entity. There's there's a lot riding on things, but at the same time, you know everybody in it 
um, is, is pushing for good things. Um, there can be missteps you have to communicate around, uh, but the overall goal and everybody's pushing for, for good stuff to happen. Um, and yeah. it's just a matter of making sure you're getting that message out and there are massive changes that have to be, uh, have to be gone through right now and, and decisions have to be made that affect so many people. It's just, uh, and everybody has a different opinion about what should be done and, and satisfying all those audiences is impossible. So really you have to stick with what you're able to, to say, be firm in it and, and be very clear and, and communicated a lot. You know, that's be consistent, um, uh, to always tell the truth, you know, um, and uh, communicate it as many times as you can so that you, so people understand exactly what you're going through, what they're going to be facing and um, just break it up into little pieces and make sure you're communicating clearly and you'll get through it. It just, it's tough, but it's, um, you know, it's, it, it just takes some dedication, some, some good old uh, grit, you know, like one of your CrossFit workouts and um, you just keep grinding away and uh, sooner or later it'll, it'll be, it'll be over for at least a little while. I hope. Obviously, that job can be kind of stressful right now. So what makes you get up every morning and show up to the 6 a.m. class? Oh, man, there is it's it's uh, I love it because that, you're right. It is hugely stressful. Um, there are times, you know, where my brain is on and I'm thinking strategically and being super cautious with every single, you know, letter I put on an email and, you know, really painstaking detail with all kinds of stuff um, and, and very, you know, high stakes communication. And it's good to, man, is it great to get in the gym and relieve some stress and burn through some, some uh, frustrations or burn off energy or just get pumped up again by a, a really good hard workout you know, I am a little bit more comfortable in the gym, so I can really focus on working very hard. Um, and anything paired with running, you kind of know, are, are my favorites probably. Yeah. So when that happens, I know I can really, really um, uh, crush it. And uh, so those are particularly fun for me. But even ones I'm not so comfortable with that are hard, like snatches or, uh, you know, I like those because they are hard and it makes me concentrate on something completely different than my everyday. I can't concentrate on work if I'm, you know, doing a really, I have to concentrate on what I'm doing. And that's great to sort of leave all the other stuff behind and just focus on what's right in front of me. So uh, and that it's very, very free and you feel great. I always feel really, really, really good after, even if I'm tired and sore, it's just, uh, it's a great feeling to, to wear yourself out like that. And it gets you through a lot. In my uh, previous podcast with Matt, we were talking about memorable moments, and uh, I didn't really have any specific ones exactly, but I'm just reminded now that I'm talking to you, I feel really good every time that you leave the gym and you tell me that was a great workout, and it's you specifically, because you... you <laughs> You do that more than most people do. You say that was a great one, you know, and so I I really appreciate you uh, you saying those. And they're they're typically after double unders or rope climbs. <laughs> when we were right. Doing. that's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something that I'm good at actually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I I do and I do appreciate. It. There are some that I just seem that seem to fit better. You know, there's just some that are that stand out to me about testing me in different ways. Usually they're one, I, I don't tell you good workout after something that's easy. I don't think, uh -huh. um, I don't know that I've ever, 
it's yeah. it's usually something that's very it's challenging, um, but it might fit my particular um, body style better or something. I don't know what it is, but somehow they they just it feels like it's a uh, 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 many times it's a sense of accomplishment and it's also just how much it stressed me in the right way and how it, maybe it's just the mood I'm in, but some of it is, sure. is uh, I feel like it really hit on a lot of cylinders. Yeah. So what moments stand out to you from your time with move? Being able to, um, overhead squat for some reason. I mean, that was one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was one of the most, um, frustrating things at the beginning to feel <laughs> so completely uh, unable to do something that I should have been able to do. Like it's a, it's a, it's part of it is just you know your flexibility and technique and all these kinds of things. But um, not being able to overhead squat the forty five pound bar, you know, is r- ridiculous because you know you can squat more than forty five pounds, but something yeah. about how you hold it and not being able to push it far back enough, and you know, like. I remember that was just, I was, I was frustrated with myself for not being able to do it at the beginning, you know? Yeah. Um, and then gradually as I got more flexible and learned how to hold it and, you know, then being able to drive a little bit more weight and then getting up to, you know, hundred, 110, you know, like I, I felt like that was just a significant achievement. Like that is really, I, I know that's a big change about myself and I love, I don't know if it was an exact moment when that happened, but it sort of gradually started happening and that that was, but I can remember distinctly that being a really frustrating challenge, you know, like trying to go down in the squat and the bar falls forward and, you know, you feel like, Oh my gosh, you know, why can't I yeah. do this? Um, and then gradually getting to the point where, Oh, I got this. And then, then adding more weight, more weight, more weight, you know, it was, um, that was a, um, it was a good experience to go through. So that's, that's fairly memorable. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think w- what's the one, another, another big memorable one is, um, I don't know the name of this workout, but, um, it's where you run, um, 400 meters and then come back and do as many pull-ups as you can do. Yeah. Um, Nicole, uh, Nicole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, we've done that several times and I, I, did it the first time and was a little reserved. And the second time, you know, I got close to, you know, a hundred pull-ups, I think, or something yeah. like that. It was, uh-huh. it was really close, but I was really, it was, it was, it was, oh, man, that was a great one. And I just, I looked forward to that because I know the harder I push myself on the run, the more I, the more chance I have at doing more pull-ups. So it was, it's a very, very hard workout and yes. I, I do well on it. So th- the second time around when I got, you know, I think it was more than 80, not all the way to 100, but but more than 80 pull-ups on that thing was really an achievement for me. So yeah. I was, I can remember doing that, just feeling like, whoa! I hated myself for the next couple of days. Oh, absolutely. My did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I felt really great afterwards. That's for sure. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one. I'm not sure I'm going to program again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I know we have done it much maybe once or twice I, I think i've done it twice maybe three times i don't know but it's um that, that was a toughie yeah i think i've done that one five or six times and i i it takes me a week or two to recover from it so um yeah pretty yeah. brutal on the biceps absolutely so you um you don't live very close to the gym no i uh i don't and I, but I used to, I, I was indicator, 
And then we moved out to uh, Lilburn, so out near Stone Mountain, and that's where we're living now. But we'll probably move back to Decatur within a year. The whole oh, plan okay. was move out and move back when it's time to go to Decatur. So we've had the couple kids. Now it's time to uh, <laughs> now it's time to see if we can move back into Decatur. Gotcha. Well, that's interesting. But I was going to ask you about you know you live uh, <laughs> you live near other CrossFit gyms and. That's a long distance to travel yes. just to come to a 6 a.m. workout or previously a 5.30 a.m. workout even. And even if it is on your way to work, why choose Move over choosing the local CrossFit gym right down the street from you? Well, I did go down there. Um, there's actually one probably, <clears throat> it's funny, right down the street one opened up. Um, it's maybe 500 yards from the, the driveway to the gym is 500 yards from my house. You know, yeah. and I went down there. I've gone down there twice. Once I went down on a weekend, and honestly, it was, I it was such a different experience um, as far as instruction goes. Um, and I just saw some things going on there that I wasn't really comfortable with. You know, mm-hmm. um, people lifting the wrong way and nobody saying anything. Um, and I, I just, um, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it. You know, yeah. so, uh, and I know I like all you guys and I've made friends there and feel comfortable in the gym. And I know, you know, I, not that there are bad people at this gym down the street. I just think their priorities might be just a little bit different. Or maybe I just got a coach on a day that he was having a bad day, you know. Right. I, I, um, but the time I went there wasn't, wasn't the best. Um, so the other time I went there, I didn't go to work out. I just went to visit and, and they were nice enough, but I just didn't get the same feeling, even though it would be convenient. Um, uh, so that's why I make the drive. It's, it's worth it. You know, it's, um, I like what you guys do. I like the people there. Um, the, the schedule fits my timing really well. Um, and I've been consistent and it's hard to argue with that. You know, if I really sure. want to go and still really want to go, you know, I, don't change it up too much because, you know, then you may not go. You've brought your wife to a few community events and community workouts, and she's not a member. But when you talk about our community to your wife or to your friends and family, how do you describe it? It really is that uh, there, there's a bonding that goes on there. I mean, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves through some, some difficult things together, you know, but there yeah. is a group there's a group thing about it, you know, like, um, so you build bonds that are pretty strong like that. Um, and you know, there's competition there as well, which is good. And, but but it's so friendly and so supportive as well. That's, that's what I talk about. You know, like it's, you know, I'm not the strongest or the fastest uh, by, by long ways. Um, and, but I no, it's, I don't think I'm judged for that or, you know, I think people understand I'm pushing myself pretty hard. I like that there's, you know, very judgment free, you know, um, and that's, that's good. Not that I pay a ton of attention to that, where that, that that could possibly be a thing, but it's not in our gym. And that's one of the things that I like about it a lot. You know, my, my wife likes, you know, when I come in and talk about it and how excited I am about the different workouts and, you know, it's like, Oh, you won't believe what we did today. Oh yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, we did this and this. Um, (laughs) She has her own thing. We actually met boxing. So oh. at, the, at the boxing gym, awesome. so um, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she has continued in the boxing vein and just really likes that. So that's it, one of those things that she keeps going. I, I talked to her about coming to our gym and she's gone, come a couple of times, but 
you know, she's uh, the, the the weights and and her and keeping her hands nice and soft don't go together. So oh. uh, <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I know you've probably got some stuff to get back to for work, but is there anything else you'd like to add to the conversation? No, I just really appreciate what you guys have put together and the way you go about things. Um, good communicators, you, you you seem to do things all in the right spirit, and that sets up a good atmosphere for uh, learning and achieving and, you know, meeting people where they are, um, is, is hugely important in life. And I think, um, doing that in the gym is what makes it has a tremendous value as well. Um, and wherever people are taking them up to another step, um, in, in their evolution is, you know, that's what life is all about, helping people along the way, helping people achieve it. And I, I sense that in, in all of you at the gym, and I, I really appreciate it. And uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to get to work with you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, well, that's it. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, I appreciate Absolutely. you taking the time out. And, and uh, I'll see you uh, at a 6 a.m. class soon. Exactly. Bright and early. See you then. Yep. All right. Thanks, man.